Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesco. It's Wednesday, August 21st, 2019. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable. Brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and all state insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Phillies showed some signs of hitting season this week, but still sit nine games out of first place and two games out of the wild card spot. And speaking of hitting season, college football is just a week away. The Eagles are down two backup quarterbacks after two meaningless preseason games, but we're going to talk about Eagles' road trips tonight. Yeah, and speaking of road trips, uh, you made a nice one last weekend, Bill, up from Florida to just as hot southeastern Pennsylvania in that fancy RV of yours. How was the journey? The journey was interesting, Chet. Uh, 20 hours, uh, nine hours on Saturday, followed by an 11-hour trip on Sunday of nothing but traffic. Uh, But the good news is I wasn't going southbound. Because from the time we left uh, south of the border, about uh, 6.30 a.m., the sun finally came out a little bit. It was raining uh, about 8 o'clock a.m., and it was backed up for about 400 miles going south. I'm not lying. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, no matter how often they expand roads and everything, there's always congestion in a lot of the same old places. So people just love to be out there traveling, and I guess you're among them now, and uh, you can go anywhere you want now that you have that RV. Well, yeah, and uh, you know it's it's kind of fun. Uh, we're we've done I've done this show from many places, but uh, this is a new one here in Wildwood, Cape May area, and uh, we're having a good time. And glad glad well, to be here. I bet you are. Yeah, bet you are. Hey, Chad, I also wanted to uh, to mention. You know, we mentioned a big dipper in our opening, and uh, this would be his 83rd birthday today, Wilt Chamberlain. I saw that, and, you know, I was thinking, you and I are fortunate. I mean, nobody likes getting older, but at least we got to see Wilt when he was still pretty much in his prime in the mid and late 60s. A lot of people can't say that, like, you know, Fred Hugo and all these young kids. So, yeah, that was pretty cool to see Wilt as a sixer back in the mid-60s, and then uh, he was still pretty darn good when he went to the Lakers. So, uh, happy birthday wherever you are, Big Dipper. The GOAT. The GOAT. Yep. And for those young guys, Chet, that think Michael Jordan invented basketball, they just don't know what they missed. Yeah, yep. Wilt is still uh, one of my favorite players, yep. Absolutely. Well, we got a bunch to talk about with our special guest tonight, Mike Diaz from the Green Legion. He'll be talking about traveling with the birds in the first half of our show and the voice of the Penn State and Indy Lions, Steve Jones, talking college football hitting season in the second half hour. Yeah, Mike is great. I met him on the trip to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton last year to see B-Doc and others get inducted, and this will be his second time joining us. And, of course, it's always great to talk to Steve Jones, who is about to begin his 20th season as the radio voice of Penn State football and who, as some listeners may remember, is an old college classmate of mine out at Penn State, oh, about 100 years ago. Steve does a great job. (laughs) He does. He is – He's as good as it gets, and like you say, he's been around for a long time. Teams up with Jack Ham, uh, they yep. do a great job. And you know, I 
I told uh, our buddy Keith Conlon, uh, Goon, that uh, Steve was going to be on with us, and, and Goon said, nobody has a memory like Steve Jones. He says he remembers everything that's ever happened in a Penn State football game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, even from before when he was broadcasting, I think when I talked to him, he referenced something from like 1968 when he was, you know, just a kid. So uh, he knows his stuff. Yes, he does. Looking forward to hearing from him. Hey, Chad, the Phillies showed some good signs. Bryce Harper heating up a little bit. But, you know, it just feels like a long battle. Even, you know, two games out of the wild card spot, you think you should have some hope. It just seems like a battle, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And and that's for a lot of reasons. I mean, Reese Hoskins is still in the funk. He's sitting like 168 or 169, I think, since the All-Star break. Even though he got on base a couple of times last night, he's four for his last 48, I believe. That's not good. The pitching staff is just not real good, as we've discussed countless times this season. And because of that, they can't put a win streak together. They haven't had a win streak of more than four games this entire season. Plus, there are still about six NL teams fighting for those two wild card spots. So, yeah, even though they're two games back, it is still a long shot in my mind. And we'll see what happens over the next five weeks or whatever. But i, I got to be honest, I'm not optimistic. No, me neither. And, and you know, I got in trouble with you and, and some of your people with uh, my comments some time back about Reese Hoskins hitting pedestrian. Well, man, has he gone into the tank since that comment? It's almost like I put the uh, the curse on him because I'm not sure he's had 20 hits since then. But I think pedestrian would be uh, a compliment at this point. Yeah, right now the pedestrians are insulted that they're being lumped in with Reese Hoskins. It's gotten pretty bad for Reese. <laughs> Hopefully he'll come out real soon. Well, hey, and, and on a bright note, Bryce Harper, as I mentioned, is, is swinging a good bat and uh, – how about that grand slam, walk-off grand slam the other night? Great call by T-Mac and John Kruk, uh And and the excitement, you know, you, you make all that money and you play for championships and all that. But that, you know, Harper was like a little kid. It was great. Yeah, he was. And, you know, I, I had that cut. I was going to play that tonight. I forgot to load it in here. But the, it was, yeah, one of T-Mac's great calls for sure. And Bryce was so happy. I mean, he motored around those bases, I think, faster than a lot of guys, you know, who were trying to get an inside-the-park homer. He was really speeding. And uh, just his enthusiasm, talking to Greg Murphy after the game, saying it was one of his greatest moments in his baseball career. So pretty exciting and fun to watch. Glad I got to see it as it happened. Yeah, and, and you know, Chad, I, uh, I heard that the Phillies are going to probably win something this year. They will have the fastest home run run, and they will have the slowest home run run between uh, Harper, Harper's Grand Slam and Hoskins prance around the base against the Mets. They, uh, they have the fastest and the slowest for the season. Yeah, they were both pretty memorable, and I'm sure the Mets will never forget that slow trot that Hoskins uh, showed them, that's for sure. <laughs> well, and, you know – it, the, the thing that's funny about the Phillies to me, funny, I don't, I don't know if Phil, funny is the right word, but, you know, you go out and you get a good pitch game by Aaron Nola last night, and, and he's been pretty consistent for quite some months, and they look like a real good team. And then when they get suspect pitching, they're suspect, you know, kind of awful. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, so much of the game is pitching, and – 
beyond Nola, it's just a question mark every night. I mean, do you have any confidence that Drew Smiley is going to come up big tonight? I sure don't. And uh, you, you never know what you're going to get with Velasquez and some of these other guys. Vargas has been okay since they've got him from the Mets, but, you know, he's nothing special. We know that. So we've discussed this many times. That's going to be a top priority in the offseason, if you ask me, for Matt Clantock. They've they got to get two starting pitchers minimum for next year. Absolutely, and, and maybe more now with Arietta, You know, who knows where that goes with him. He, he's out for the season, and a surgery sometime soon, and, you know, it could be a year. He could be the all-star break of next year before you see him again. Yeah, it's kind of a mess, that pitching staff. And, you know, in that sense, the fact that they're still in the wild card hunt maybe is pretty amazing given the injuries they've had. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting five weeks, but as I said, I'm not overly optimistic. Well, what were you thinking last night in the ninth inning when Hector Neres comes in in Fenway to to, to protect a one-run lead? I know uh, Hector makes you nervous. Oh, I was very nervous. I was texting with somebody. I said, oh, Hector Neres in for the save at Fenway Park. How do you think this is going to go? I said, so uh, I was not real confident. <laughs> he got a jump. He got it done, but it was thanks to a lot of help from, you know, the Boston offense making a couple of base running blunders. So uh, we'll take it. A win is a win. Yes, it is. Well, hey, Chip, mentioned in the opening, we're going to talk with Mike Diaz from the Green Legion. Uh, if, if we had Mike before, and they are a travel group, sets up all kinds of things, trips to everywhere that has to do with the Eagles. And uh, so we wanted to get Mike back on here to start the season for people that might be interested in trying to pick up a road trip along the way. And uh, so with that, let's welcome Mike Diaz back to Philly Press Box Radio. Mike, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. You guys know I'm always willing to uh, talk sports. <laughs> Absolutely. And, hey, Mike, this is Chet. I'm going to have a couple of personal questions for you a bit later on. I think you probably know what I'm referring to, but uh, let's talk Eagles first. We're now a mere two and a half weeks away from the regular season opener against the Redskins. So without having a chance to see several of the key guys here in the preseason, how are you feeling about this Birds team? Well, you know, doing the work with the Green Legion puts me in a great position where I can get, you know, close to the team and and get to go on these great trips and everything. But I'm still just a fan. I I don't have to report or anything. And I I, I have to apologize. I'm already geeking out. I'm already geeking out. I do it every year. (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, You know, and and you're right. Like, we haven't seen some key guys. And I I, I actually expect – um, you know, September to be kind of rocky, um, you, you know, like th- that's the preseason for them. I mean, I, I want them to win every game and, you know, I hope they do, but uh, it, we, I have to be realistic in that, you know, the Washington, hopefully Washington is just a steamroll, but th- that Atlanta game this week two, uh, you know, um, th- that could be rough. Um, but, but then again, you know, if you're, if you're 12 and four or 13 and three, you got to, you're going to lose somewhere, and um, I, I don't want to lose, but you get what I'm saying. Um, I'm, I'm, all, yep. I'm super excited for the season. So, so Mike, was that an official prediction, 12-4, 13-3, or did that just I, kind of slip out? That, I mean, you can put me – if you're going to put me down, I, if, if, I, if I'm going on record, I'd say 11-5, 12-4, but, you know, the caveat now is this is when everyone thinks that that's what they are, and – you know, it's it, injuries become a big, big thing, and we've got great depth. 
where we can still compete at certain positions if someone were to get hurt. But, you know, I knew they were going to make the move, but, like, it's all around Wentz. Um, You know, it's just like Ben Simmons' jump shot. It's like it's time to show, you know. So, um, you know, if anything happens to him, we're we're, we're kind of, you know, for for a prolonged time, we're probably not going to hit that. But uh, I think he can do it. Um, I think they got so much talent all around him um, to just drop it off. He, he really shouldn't have to feel like he has to do everything, you know? Yeah, well, we're both excited about the, the offense, Bill and I. Carson Wentz has no shortage of playmakers to utilize now, and I can't wait to see how this turns out. As a Penn State alum, I'm pretty excited about seeing how Miles Sanders will do as part of that backfield. Are you excited about him too? Yeah, I am. I mean, you know, I, I, I haven't been down um, – do any of the you know the, the small practices at the Novak? I haven't actually seen him besides you know the game stuff and whatever you know curated footage go you know their their accounts put out. But um, yeah, and it it seems that you know what they was using my air quotes say is you know he might be you know it might be much more of a timeshare uh, more so early in the season. And hopefully the the plan is the idea is to kind of give him a couple extra touches as it goes along. So. Everyone says he's just—he's obviously the best back in camp. Which, um, you know, after the last few years, we didn't really know that going in. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mike. Looking at the schedule. Uh, well, first of all, before we get into the details of the schedule, give us a quick rundown of what it is that you guys do at Green Legion, and uh, and then we'll talk about uh, at the Falcons, at the Packers, at the Cowboys, and at the Dolphins. Right. Those kind of things. So um, what we do is, you know, I'm going to say we were the first or we're certainly the long, la- the longest lasting um, Philly sports travel group uh, in the city started in officially in 2004. Um, you know, that was my first Green Legion trip back in 04 when I was a young, a young guy uh, to Dallas, that Monday night game with the McNabb scramble and everything. So back then we would, you know, we, it just started out. It was one guy that started it. His name's Quimby. He, uh, did like one trip a year. Then the next year was uh, two trips. And within the last, I, I don't know, six years, we pretty much go to every single game, every single road game. And, and how we set it up is, uh, you know, if you travel with us, generally we'll have charter flights, you know, the earlier that, that you book, we're getting kind of light on those on, on, on most of them now, but you know, charter flights. So when you land, you know, we'll have a bus waiting for you. We take you to the hotel. We plan out parties, pep rallies, bar crawls, special events, stupid shit, um, you know, for the, for the Friday, Saturday night. And then we always have a blowout tailgate. I, I think that's probably what we're known for seeing the most pictures yeah. from our, like, you know, 500, 600, uh, in London, 1800 in San Diego, uh, 09 was like 2,400. I mean, massive, uh, tailgate parties. So that's great too. And then, uh, you know, we, we have tickets for every game. You get to sit with a bunch of Eagles fans, depending on the game, depending on, you know, location and stuff. Uh, but we're always, you know, doing chants up there. And um, it's hard to win on the road. You know, I, I think even when you're like, oh, this team is – we're much better, you know, it's, it's really hard to win on the road. So I have a losing uh, road record, but like, but most people do. Um, if you go to – you know, you're going to – you want to see a good game, uh, you're going to see a good team. Um, but it seems like, uh, you know, we win in Los Angeles every time we go. So I wish we had – I wish we had them on the schedule this year. 
Well, I did one trip with you guys, and it was certainly a win. It was the trip to Cleveland and Canton last year, which was just terrific to see Brian Dawkins, of course, go into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, everybody went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland also. That was just amazing. Um, it was. Anyway, you know, I, yeah. yeah. Go on. I'm go sorry ahead. to interrupt you. Yeah. That's okay. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that really was a trip. I mean, I am, you know, we, we make the assumption that Peters is the first uh, first balloter. Like, there's yeah. no doubt I'm going back there. Cleveland, you know, for for expecting disappointment, I was pleasantly surprised. All right, yeah. Now, I want to ask you about uh, these trips again. Uh, I know fans are always very excited when they get a chance to take a trip to Green Bay. Is that the case again this year, even with it being a Thursday night game? What is it about Green Bay, and what makes Lambeau Field so special for fans? Uh, yeah, it, it really does. Whenever they're on the schedule, it's really popular. It did kind of drop, you know, the Thursday night thing kind of dropped. But what we did is we came up, you know, we try and work with people on an individual basis, but we always try and make the easiest move. I'm just talking from Green Legion. Certainly popular, but when it's a Thursday night, people are like, eh. Um, so normally, generally, most people, when they go on a road trip, they might t- they'll take off Friday and Monday. You know, Friday afternoon, fly out. You know, you go to the game Sunday, wake up Monday, and fly home. So they generally take two days off. Um, we offer trips for Green Bay, fly up Wednesday, have a little party Wednesday night, go to the game Thursday, fly back Friday. Um, so people can, you know, still enjoy, like, you know, their kid's soccer game or, you know, whatever you got going on on the weekend. They'll be home. Uh, we offered also weekend plans as well. Green Bay is popular, but I think it's kind of like a one-and-done deal. There, there's really nothing to do in Green Bay. Um, <laughs> really nothing that. to do in Green Bay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you're, you're like, you know, you, you spend this money to go on a nice trip, and it's great and everything, and you still have a good time, but it's like this is, you know, this is there's really nothing to do. There's, you know, four bars. Uh, it's all Wisconsin people. It's in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's – you go once, you don't want to, You don't need to go back. I got you. Got you. Now, Mike, I wanted to ask you about a specific game. Uh, the Eagles go to Miami, uh, and it is actually Thanksgiving weekend Sunday. The Sunday, you know, with Thanksgiving on Thursday. Um, what What are you expecting down there? Are big crowds headed down to South Florida? Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, we are at. I don't even know the tailgaters, but we're over 1,200 people as of last week. Um, wow. Uh, or excuse me. Uh, actually, that was – I think the last update he gave me was July 29th. It's on It's on our site, trips.greenlegion.com. But, yeah, I mean, that's 1,300 people. The season hasn't even started yet. Um, you know, for a game that far away, yeah, I mean, really how it works, mid-July – you know, once camp starts through right now, this is when – we get the bulk of our orders and interest. Everyone's excited, like we just said. But uh, when they see, you know, Miami, yeah, I might go, but that's so far out in the future. Um, to have that many people already, we got an amazing weekend plan. We just uh, we keep building on it. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Well, Mike, how how does it work for people that say um, live outside the Philadelphia area but want to go to a game somewhere? Can they work with you guys? Say they wanted to go to Dallas or Green Bay or Miami. Uh, can they work with you guys and get hooked up in the hotel or just get game tickets or tailgate? How's that work? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, it used to be we used to really just focus on travels. There's so many Eagles fans, and as we grew and our name kind of spread, and uh, certainly there was a demand. So we offer every single trip without travel. 
So if you're living right now in New York, you know, and you don't want a flight or need a flight from from here, um, we we could take care of everything else. The only thing you miss is obviously like a charter flight full of Eagle fans and transfers, uh, you know, to and from the airport. You know, we can't plan a bus for people coming all over at different times. You know, we'll 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 plan the buses from the airports to the different hotels uh, when it's you know a charter flight or, or we're the majority of that flight. Uh, but everything else they get, you know, you get hotel with all the, with everybody, you know, we have multiple hotel options generally for bigger trips. Um, and then other times, you know, we recognize people. I got my brother, I got my uncle, I got my mom, I got my, you know, whoever lives in this other city. I, I don't really need a hotel. Um, we offer ticket and tailgate to every game. And then from there, you know, while well, my buddy works uh, and he got free tickets to the Falcons game, you know, I I don't need to sit with fans. I'll I'll sit in this box that he got. So uh, can I just go come to the tailgate? We offer that as well for everything. It's just uh, gotcha. we 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 always always take care of our travelers first. So sometimes it's funny too the 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 ticket and tailgate and the tailgate only people love them and they're invited to everything, but they sometimes cause the most confusion because they're picking and choosing their spots as opposed to our travelers who just kind of go with the flow and we have it all set up for, you know, if you buy a ticket and tailgate, we're not picking you up at the hotel, you know, it's just kind of common sense stuff, but uh, sometimes people, that's what they think. Yep. All right. So green Bay, you has kind of a been there, done that for you. You've probably been to Dallas several times. So Mike, what other trips are you looking most forward to this season? The well, the three that I'm going to, if and if I don't go to D.C. or or um, in New York, but I, I'm go I'm hitting Atlanta week two. I always like doing the first road one, especially if it's you know not Detroit. <laughs> um, so I did Tampa last year. I did Tampa last year. This luckily this year, even if Atlanta's super hot, uh, we'll be indoors. But so I'm I'm personally doing Atlanta. I'm going to Buffalo because we've never been there, and I hopefully never have to go back. So uh, doing Buffalo and then, of course, the big Miami trip. Um, but all of them are actually doing much better, even Minnesota, which was, you know, Minnesota in the fall. Minneapolis is an underrated city, lots of bars and stuff. Uh, but um, people are choosing that one, too. I, I don't know if it has something to do with the Super Bowl there or what, but, um, you know, the, the ones that are always that we had thought would be lighter are a little bit more than what we would expect uh, to this point. So what does that tell you? People are really excited about the birds this year. Hey, Mike, in addition to the road trips, you guys also host pregame events at the link, you know, for the home games. Is that right? Uh, yeah, not at the link with our good friends over at Xfinity Live. Um, right, that's what I meant. I but, mean, yeah, 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 the game yeah, yeah, the right, yeah. Right the, yeah, right right in the shadow. Yeah, we do. We um, And this year we always do um, – we, we try – we always try and kind of get a, a, a certain menu if it's a special occasion or opponent. We've done we've done uh, so in the past. So every year for the Redskins, we always do a pig roast, uh, which happens to be week one, um, which is great. So we, we have like a brunch menu now for 1 p.m. games, which is nice to so get some breakfast, get some meat, uh, sausage, and pulled pork and stuff. And now we have a roasted pork. And then we get uh, unlimited beer, uh, a couple different types of beer, stateside vodka, um, they show up and uh, we have a great time. Usually, an average one is like 300 people. Um, uh, for the we, we usually kind of sell out at around 500, but um, wow. we expect that wow. many for the for the first one. Yeah, they're like they're real they're real real big parties. And 
I love the uh, I love the parking lot experience too. Um, it's great. You can always go out in the parking lot if you want, but sometimes it, it, it is kind of nice to have like a bathroom, uh, you know, and uh, you don't have to plan anything or pack anything. And that's what yeah. we do. We we've, we've been doing it for years. Hey, Mike, uh, before we run out of time, let the listeners know how they can find your information, whether it be Facebook, website, Twitter, however. How can they get a hold of you? Well, uh, our Facebook page is The Green, the Green Legion, um, and then uh, Twitter and Instagram is at Green Legion. And then our trips page, uh, where you can see everything that we have. If it's, if it's listed there, it's not sold out, um, is trips dot greenlegion.com so just go check it out it's all up there everything we have and uh and join us it's gonna be a great year all right mike so we talked about the eagles we talked about the green legion trips and everything but now i gotta talk about you a little bit you had a couple of big events over the past six weeks or so a trip to the greek islands with a woman named abby which was in fact a honeymoon because you guys got married so congrats and how is life as a newlywed and how was greece uh, thank you, sir. Uh, Greece was great. Um, we had a blast. Uh, uh, my bu- my buddy Quimby is just pulling in right in front of me, uh, giving me a sign. Um, it was it was amazing, man. Our wedding, we had a blast. Everyone says it, but it really was. It you know, it was loud. It was rowdy. My college friends were trying to get louder than my Eagles. Fr- it was it was great. You know, we did the fight song and everything. It was it was a blast. Uh, and then we took a couple weeks off and we did a, a little European Adriatic tour. Uh, Venice, uh, uh, Croatia, and then the Greek Isles. It, Greece was awesome. Um, the only we did it on a cruise, which was great because we could see everything. The only downside was we um, we didn't get any nightlife there. You know what I mean? Because we were back on the boat, but uh, we had a blast. It was amazing. I bet. Congrats. Fantastic. Well, Mike. Yeah, congratulations. Hey, uh, we look forward to seeing you during the season. Thanks for coming with us and. Uh, Stop it by. We appreciate it. Yeah, hit us up, man. Come out for a tailgate. Sounds Absolutely. good. Absolutely. All right, All right guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. And hey, have a great season. Go, Birds. You too. Go, Let's Birds. Let's take baby. a break so I can tell you about the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, PA. You know this by now. I bet they have a terrific variety of food and drink with lots of specials every day and always 24 beers on tap. They have trivia every Wednesday evening, a DJ every Friday night, and oh, yeah, something big happening there this Sunday. Philly Press Box Radio will be there. Get there before 2 p.m. when we go live with our 250th Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable and our second one there at the Rover. Come say hi as Bill, Fred, and I do our show when we're joined by Bleeding Green Nation's Brandon Lee Gowton. Some giveaways and chances to win stuff like T-shirts and Philly tickets, too. And a raz of an autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Yep, join us. The Irish Rover is located on Bellevue Avenue in beautiful Langhorn, PA. Hey, Chad, I tell you, I can't wait. Uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a nice crowd. They're great over at, Irish, at the Irish Rover. Uh, had a great time there the last time, and uh, really looking forward to it. It's a lot of fun doing live shows and getting ready to uh, or getting to meet people that we haven't uh, met before, and now we can put faces and names together. Can't wait. And number 252. 
Yeah, and we are just days away. Again, it's you, our pal Fred Hugo, and me, and as noted, the awesome Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation. It all happens this Sunday, the 25th. We'll start at 2 p.m. But as I said, get there ahead of time so you can get settled in, find a seat, have a little food and drink if you desire, and then enjoy the show. In addition to talking Philly sports, we're going to give away a couple of hot off the presses T-shirts. The Rover and Bud Light will have a pair of Phillies tickets that we'll award to a lucky person i got to say, Tracy and Chris and the gang there are awesome, and they are looking forward to having us there again as much as we're looking forward to being there. And I, do, I want to mention Chris has been, like, really under the weather for much of the past week. She had food poisoning and some other issues, but she is back healthy now, and I talked to her yesterday. She's looking forward to having us there this Sunday, the 25th, 2 p.m., at the Irish Rover on Bellevue Avenue. We can't wait to see you all there. And, the, and that food poisoning did not come from the Irish Rover. Let's clear that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and she's doing okay now. She's back to back to her good good old self. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to that, and uh, can't wait. Stop by and see us, and that is in Langhorne, PA. Right. You got it. Yep. All right. Hey, Chet. The Eagles visited Jacksonville. The game out. Down another quarterback. This isn't good. The Ravens are up for the next game free of another miserable preseason. <laughs> yeah, and it makes them they'll look pretty smart for not playing Carson Wentz in the preseason. Sudfeld, the broken wrist in week one. Cody Kessler, a concussion in the very first series of the second game. The rookie Clayton Thorson, at least, did get a ton of playing time last week, which he needed because he stunk up the joint in week one. So now Josh McCown gets signed over the weekend. He's probably going to stick around. Apparently he's got a deal for like $2 million or whatever. So he's 40 years old and he's going to be there. So I don't know what's going to happen in the whole backup situation when these other guys get healthy. It's crazy. Meanwhile, the Ravens and Eagles practiced together the first part of this week ahead of their Thursday night game. And Alshon Jeffrey was asked whether the joint practice with the Ravens was beneficial. His response, I'm ready for the regular season. There's no scoreboard. This can't get you in the playoffs. So that was a good response. He's absolutely right. He's yep. absolutely right. And, you know, the players can't stand it. And as we talked about last week with these cut-down days, you know, are now basically eliminated. They're just playing these guys, these youngsters, who aren't going to make the team. They're playing them through this thing, protecting the regular players who are just ready to play. It's time to go. It's the preseason. Yeah. they got to do something with it. Yeah, I think there are going to be some changes in you know the next couple of years ahead. The NFL has to do something about this. But then there are some guys, who Jason Peters, for example, who says he wants to play tomorrow night. So we'll see if he, he does, in fact, play at least a quarter like he said he wants to. Uh, I don't know if the coach is going to allow that, but he needs to work. He, was, he wasn't healthy much of last season, and he wants to get back out there before going out there September 8th when it counts for real. And you can't blame those guys who do want to play. I mean, they're used to this, especially guys who've been in the league for you know 10 or 15 years, like a Jason Peters. They want to get out there and just get loose and play in some real game action before it all matters. Well, you remember last year uh, in September, one of the very, maybe it was the second game of the season, the Eagles went down to Tampa Bay, and I was there, if you remember, and it was just ridiculous hot. And and Peters just had to check out. It's like, you know, it was 110 or whatever, and he was just like, I'm I'm not in playing shape. He said, I've had enough. And, you know, that's what the preseason is going to do to you because you don't want guys getting hurt. So they're not getting time. They're not even really getting in shape. And then all of a sudden they're thrown into the, the games that matter. 
And and as Mike said, made a great point, you know, early season, September is going to be rough. You're not going to win all your games when you go on the road because they're just getting in playing shape. Yeah, and some of the games are going to be sloppy. Don't be surprised if, you know, in the opener on September 8th and in the game two down in Atlanta that there's going to be some, you know, poor routes or bad throws or just dumb mistakes because guys haven't been out there together in games, even preseason games. And so it's going to be kind of like their preseason the first couple of weeks of the regular season, which is silly, but it's why something has to be done to change this in the, the next couple of years. Yeah, well, and like say, so you can't simulate speed. You know, exactly, practice yeah. speed and game speed are two different speeds. You can't simulate it, and you know, and and you get to the real real time, and it's just not, it just doesn't work out. So right, yeah. I mean, I don't know the answer to it. All I know is you can't keep losing quarterbacks and bringing guys in out of retirement to be your guy. Um, that that's certainly not good either. At least there are still a couple scrappy guys that probably can play like McCown, uh, that, that can at least hold a spot for now. And I'm curious to see, as I said, what does happen once Kessler and Sudfeld are healthy. It sounds like Kessler's getting back out there already a little bit. The concussion wasn't overly serious. And then Sudfeld's going to be out till about week four. I know they like him, but does that mean Kessler is a goner and they're going to keep McCown and Sudfeld eventually? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, not that the backup quarterback is going to be overly crucial, we hope, for the first few weeks anyway, but uh, I'm curious to see who's going to be there, you know, come October 1st. Is it going to be McCown, number two, behind Wentz, and then Sudfeld going back to number three? Is Cody Kessler going to be totally gone? I'm I'm curious to see how that's all going to play out. Well, and we've said it before, it's a – you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's who, who can stay healthy longest or, or get hurt and get back and hold their own until they can get all their players back for down the stretch. And so they may need a handful of those guys. You know, some some of the names you mentioned, it may not just be two of them. It may end up being three of them or more. Yeah, we'll see. And then the running back situation, as we've discussed, there are still eight name running backs on this roster. They're only going to keep five at the very most. So, I mean, you got to think Donnell Pumphrey's gone. Um, but beyond that, there are no sure things among the other seven. So uh, that's another thing to keep an eye on, and that is something that will be important over these final two preseason games to see if, you know, Wendell Smallwood will have yet another life as an Eagle because he's always the guy who's on the bubble and always seems to still stick around. So we'll see if Wendell has another trick up his sleeve to stick around for another Eagle season. And, and I'm looking forward, as always, to the offensive line. I think they've got – maybe one too many, Um, you know, one or two is going to have to go. So I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out. And and other than the fact that he could play center and guard, I'm not sure Wisniewski's not the odd guy out now. Big V had a pretty nice game at guard. Um, You know, for whatever reason, they just don't seem to want to love Wisniewski, even though he's been pretty solid. They keep giving his job away. Uh, So he might be that guy, but the fact that he could play center, certainly helps him there with some versatility. Yeah, and, and it was good to see Dillard and Mylotta both looking good again in the second preseason game. So they do have some depth now on that O-line, which is not a bad thing. Yep, yep. Well, Mylotta getting, you know, getting so much better really muddies this water up, I think. It really it throws a another body in that they've they've got a lot invested in 
because he started out, you know, so low on the list, but they they saw that potential. Now it's real. It's it's coming to coming to pass, and uh, I don't see them giving up on him, or he ends up being like Villanueva over there in Pittsburgh as a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. You are correct. Let's so, talk about insurance, Bill. Yep. Let's talk about it. Did you know that 56% of Americans have no idea how much they need to retire? If that sounds like you, you need to talk to Dave Boy from Allstate and Westchester, PA. You know it, Bill. The same person you count on to help protect you can also help you set a reasonable retirement goal, then show you the right financial solutions to help get you there. A good plan and a good life. Start with someone you trust. And we have just that someone for you. Call Allstate agent Dave Lavoie in Westchester, PA. The number is 610-430-0700. And start planning for your retirement today. That's right. Dave Lavoie at Allstate. 610-430-0700. Hey, Chad, it's the real hit season. College football opens this Saturday with the Florida Gators meeting the Miami Hurricanes in Orlando. The following Saturday, Idaho visits Penn State for the Nittany Lions season opener, and you had a chance to sit down with the voice of the Nittany Lions, our friend Steve Jones, to talk Penn State football. I did, just ahead of the start of season number 20 for Steve. Now, he couldn't join us live, unfortunately, as he's doing an appearance at an event in beautiful Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, this evening as we speak. So we chatted yesterday, and here is our talk. It's becoming something of an annual tradition, a late August chat with the radio voice of Penn State football to preview the Nittany Lions season. Welcome back, Steve Jones. Hey, Jack, great to be with you. Hey, Steve, before we talk about this year's Lions squad and the outlook, I want to ask about the 2018 season. They had a heartbreaking loss to Ohio State, won to Michigan State also, got blown out by the Wolverines in their game out in Ann Arbor. And counting their Citrus Bowl loss to Kentucky, they finished 9-4, and four, so disappointing season. Well, it's interesting how in 2012, 13, 14, 15, everybody would have been aching for a 9-4 and four season. It shows you how far they've come back. That 9-4 is now considered disappointing. <laughs> So that shows you how far they've come back. You talked about the three games in particular. You know, Michigan is, you know, that game, is, it's obvious that Michigan on that day was the better team by, by a margin. But the other games were all games where you, you felt like Penn State could have and should have won and didn't. So that's where the disappointment comes in. And now you have to figure out ways to close games better. And that means you've got to be a little bit better in special teams. You've got to pick up a first down offensively when you need it. Can't drop an interception. There are a lot of things, and you can't give up tough returns and have blocked field goals like they did in the Kentucky game. So I mean, those are all things where again you go from back-to-back 11 uh, win seasons, and then suddenly get a nine and four, which you would have been aching for a few years ago. Now it's disappointing. So I guess you've come a long way when that happens. Yep. Well, you've heard the grumblings about James Franklin, some fans questioning his play calling, not challenging Michigan State's weak secondary enough, the fact that the team has lost so many close games the last two years. How does Franklin deal with the critics? Um, I think you have to have confidence in yourself, and I think that you know you can look at criticism and say, okay, is there something valid there I should take a look at? I think anybody you know, that's in any profession should be like that. I think it's a, you know, the bottom line is you've got to go out to see yourself understand you know your profession better than anybody else. And it's like in what we do, I think a lot of people they'll think that our jobs are so easy to do and they have all these suggestions as to how to do them. And usually I'm just sitting there and say, yeah, I think I got it. 
think <laughs> I think that for a head coach, I think they're going to think the same thing like they look. And I, yeah, you know, we'll listen to valid criticism. We'll look into it ourselves. But nobody's harder on Salt and James. You can have the harshest critic out there. That the person that's harder on James Franklin is not the harshest critic. It's James. Yeah. So here we are in 2019, a week and a half before the season opener against Idaho. Trace McSorley, Miles Sanders, and four other players from last year's squad were selected in April's NFL draft. Ryan Bates is in camp with the Bills, a few other undrafted free agents trying to make it in the NFL also. So we're going to see a lot of new faces on Franklin's squad in terms of starters this year. What is the mood out there in Happy Valley? So very close to uh, We were talking about this the other day in practice, looking around like this is a close to team. And also, in the 40 camps I've been here, this is the deepest team I've seen in terms of the depth of athleticism, third, second, third, and down. So now you talk about the players they lost. There are two lines that I want to look at this season. One line is obviously the athleticism line, which is very, very high. Now the other line is the experience line. So the question is going to be, when do those two lines intersect? When does the experience catch up to the athleticism? And when it does, you're going to have something that could really take off. Now, the question will be, do the two lines meet in September? That'd be awesome. Hmm. Or do the two lines meet in October? Okay. Or do the two lines meet in November? That's going to be the big question about this team moving forward, will be when do the two lines meet where you feel like you're properly experienced and you feel, you know, and the, and the players have a complete feel for the game and how to play it to go with the great athleticism they already have. Steve, I read an article the other day that said this year's Penn State defense with guys like linebackers Cam Brown and Micah Parsons, cornerback John Reed, and that defensive end who wears number 99, YGM, could be one of the line's best Ds in year. What are you expecting from that defense? They can all run. I mean, every single one of them can run. Uh, so in terms of pure speed, they've got that. What's interesting is a guy like Parsons last year was learning on the job. He had never played before in space. And you could see in the first half of the season, he was still trying to figure out life in space. Well, now you look at him 365 days later in his second training camp as a linebacker, and he really knows how to play it. Gross Matos is just a fabulous player. I think the NFL guys, they came in for Pro Day, Jim. One of the scouts came up to me, and you know, he was just chit-chatting me about you know, the defensive lineman. He was talking about Sharif Miller and Gibbons and so forth. He looked at me, he the problem I've got is every time I rack up video, I couldn't take my eyes off 99. Hmm. And then you've got, you know, what helps is when you've got third-level guys, too. Terry Castro Fields did not allow a touchdown pass last year. He's got length, he's got quickness, he understands leverage. So they've got quality playmakers at all three levels. You mentioned Cam Brown. Cam Brown's got all of that, plus he's a senior. So he knows how, so the, that, that line of experience and that line of athleticism, his is already met. Right? He already has that, and he plays that way, too. Now, offensively, not only are Trace McSorley and Miles Sanders gone, so are a few of the O-line guys. Receiver Juwan Johnson transferred elsewhere, as did McSorley's backup, Tommy Stevens. So the quarterback is Sean Clifford. I I remember he connected on that 95-yard touchdown pass in the bowl game lost to Kentucky, but that's about all I know. So tell me about Sean Clifford and who else we'll see on offense. Uh, Sean Clifford and Will Levis have been the two quarterbacks that have been going head-to-head in all this. And, again, this, a lot of this goes back to those two lines I talked about. They're both really good athletes. Uh, Levis is big, strong. He can snap off a pass. He's got a great release. And he has 
on the running game. Well, he has to be a little bit better. He has to be a little bit better in accuracy, and I've seen a great improvement in that just in the past year. Sean Clifford, in terms of straight line speed, is actually faster in the 40 than Trace Mazzoli. I mean, his straight line speed is very impressive. He throws a beautiful ball. I remember last year when we talked, we were talking about the quarterbacks, and you talked about McSorley, and you asked about the backups when we talked last year, and I said, look at the three of them, Clifford throws the best ball. And he does throw a beautiful ball, and he's accurate when he throws the ball. He also has a lot of leadership quality and a lot of fire in there. So I think they're going to be in good shape at the quarterback spot. It's just, again, for them, it's going to take some time and experience. T.J. Hamler is the experienced wideout. Mm-hmm. Max Hippenhammer has experience. Justin Short is a five-star guy that has tremendous potential. And then you have Daniel George, who can step in and play as well, and is another quality wideout. But I think what really helps him, he's got two tight ends, especially Pat Firebase. Firebase is going to be just a tremendous player here. Mm-hmm. And Nick Bowers is going into his fifth year. The running back's going to be a, a after having a dominant running back the last four years, Saquon Barkley for three and Miles Sanders for one, you now are going to have four guys to look at. Ricky Slade has lost a little bit of weight, and Ricky told me the other night how much quicker he feels. You can see it. Tony Brown was great speed, but also runs better between the tackles than people realize. Philippine has a low center of gravity that you really like. I think Devin Ford down the road is going to be a major league running back. I like the name Journey Brown. Anyway, uh, toughest, <laughs> <laughs> toughest games on the schedule, I guess. I know you can't take any game for granted, but uh, you got road games at Iowa and Ohio State, and then the October 19th game at Beaver Stadium against Michigan, which looks to be very good again. Are they the highlight games this year? Those are some of the highlight games. Obviously, you've got the 100th and probably final meeting between Penn State and Pitt coming up in the third week of the season. So that's the non-conference centerpiece right there with Pitt here at Beaver Stadium. You know, you talk about going and playing at Iowa, and you've got to play at Michigan State. You have to play at Ohio State. You get Michigan here. And then there's a game in November at Minnesota that I think is also a game that bears a lot of watching because uh, Minnesota – they may not have the greatest quarterback situation there, but they got a first-round pick wide receiver, and they got a pretty good defense. And they started to turn things around last year. So you've got to be able, in this conference, there are very few breathers along the way. That's what makes the Big Ten so tough. It's what makes the SEC West so tough. You're playing in the SEC West, you don't get any breathers. When you're playing the Big Ten East, you rarely get a breather. You know you've got to play Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State every single year. And then when you look at your crossover game, and your crossover game is Purdue, and Baum's done a good job there, and they've got Rondale Moore as one of the best athletes in the country, and you got to play at Minnesota. I mean, that does tell you that you've got some work to do, and that every single week brings a challenge to it. Mm-hmm. Steve, as you're well aware, there are a couple of rookies on the Eagles that you're quite familiar with, defensive end Sharif Miller and running back Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. Both looked good in last week's preseason win down in Jacksonville. Regarding Sanders, what are the birds getting in this guy, and can he be a stud in the backfield? Uh, Sanders is a major league running back. He's got a really good feel for the game, and he's a no-nonsense running back. He is, uh, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, a one-cut go guy. There's the hole, I've got it, and then boom, he takes off. The area where he really improved for Penn State, he really improved himself in pass catching. And he, did, he, I thought, ended up being a very reliable player as a pass catcher. And I think he also worked hard on his blocking. So Sanders, I think, has a chance to be a major league back that's really going to help Philadelphia. Sharif Miller gives another body out there that can rush off the edge. And Sharif really, in the last two years, came on at Penn State. And you know, I think the Philadelphia situation, considering 
he's a Philly guy, worked out great for him. Yeah. And then we'll see how, for example, how DeAndre Thompson also does because he's there. It's yeah, re-signing Stephen Wisniewski. I talked to Steph in July about re-signing with the Eagles, and it was the one thing that really just jumped out to him because he had a couple of other options. He said, look, he said, they are a quality organization, and that says it all. Mm-hmm. Now, the last couple of days, the Eagles have been practicing with the Ravens, and, of course, Trace McSorley is a member of the Baltimore team right now. It looks like they're going to consider using him as kind of a hybrid guy, maybe, not only a second- or third-string quarterback, but maybe a guy like the Saints' Tayshon Hill. Can he, uh, Taysom Hill, can he uh, be effective in that role, you think? What do you, what do you say? Yeah, well, it's interesting because Peter King of NBC uh, went down there, and uh, you know how you and I went to college together. Peter and I went to high school together. Ah. And Peter, Peter King went down and into the camp. He brought up Taysom Hill. He says, "Have you heard that team before?" And so he says, "I've heard it one thousand times." <laughs> uh, and look, the bottom line is, you try to in the in the league, unless you're one of the quote as you mentioned, stud guys. If you're somebody doing whatever you can to make a roster. You make yourself as versatile as possible. So, take you mentioned Ryan Bates. Ryan Bates plays center guard tackle. His versatility is going to keep him in the league. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's how you have to do it. Stephen Wisniewski's versatility has kept him in the league. He plays center or open guard spots. So that's what Trace McSorley has to do. His versatility is his best shot to keep himself in the league. That, that means going down on special teams, being in special situations on offense. If it means that uh, you're going to be returning punts. You've got to do whatever you can to get your roster spot. Look at Michael Robinson. He carved out a nine-year NFL career, not as a quarterback, but he ended up being a fullback in the NFL with San Francisco and Seattle, and he won a Super Bowl. Yep. Be sure to listen to Steve Jones and Jack Ham calling the games on the Nittany Lions Radio Network. And folks in the Philly area this year can listen on 1210 AM, by the way. Follow Steve on Twitter, at Steve Jones PSU. Thanks for taking some time for us, Steve. Here's to a great season. It's always great to catch up with you. Thanks so much, Jim. Well, hey, Jen, i got to tell you, Steve Jones gets me fired up for Penn State football, which isn't hard to do anyway. Uh, but Steve's all over it, and I'm excited. Yeah, it should be a fun season. I don't know that they're going to you know, win the national title or anything, but hopefully they'll stick around the top ten. I think they're ranked 15th in the preseason poll this week. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting, and uh, I'll be watching. Well, I think odds came out today. They're 80-1 to to win the national championship. So uh, put 15-1 to or 14-1, to I believe it is, to win the Big Ten. Yeah, and they do have a shot there, certainly. But, you know, Ohio State's always tough. Michigan's going to be tough again this year. So it won't be easy, especially when you have to play those teams every single year, as Steve mentioned. Well, like I told you, Jet, this is my time of year, college football. It does nothing excites me more. This is where I mean, certainly I watch the Eagles and I have my one T V on. I watch the Eagles on Saturdays there's three or four TVs on at my house all at one time. There you go. There you go. All right. Hey, Chet, as you mentioned uh during the Irish Rover piece, uh Joy Press Box Radio shirts that we've been talking about. They have arrived. We've got regular dry fit again, black, gray, green, with the matching Philly Press Box Radio logo. We'll be breaking them out Sunday at the Rover. Yeah, and I still haven't seen them up close, so I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on them and wearing one of them. Uh, we'll figure out how to give a couple away on Sunday, and we will also have them for sale at an affordable price for all. So hopefully we will sell a few this Sunday at the Irish Rover. 
That's right. And, Jed, as, as we mentioned, uh, being live Sunday, 2 p.m., Irish Rover Station House for that 250th show. And then we're going to take off next Wednesday, correct? Yes, number 250 is this Sunday, and then 10 days off. It's like a little vacation, Bill. And then we're going to come back on Wednesday, September 4th, which will be our official Eagles season preview show with a couple of big-name guests whom we'll reveal this Sunday during our show at the Rover. And, Bill, I almost forgot to mention this. We have a new sponsor this week. It's a fine clothing company down in South Jersey, so we're obligated to play their spot right here. It's not a fancy salon. It's nothing but a Quonset hut. But if you've got a passion for fashion and you've got a craving for saving, take the wheel of your automobile and swing on down to Ideal. The Ideal Manufacturing Company is on Route 30, the White Horse Pike in Hamilton, New Jersey. Open every night and all day Sunday. Wow. Yeah, that's in the 1960s. We went way back in time for that one. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd rather go there than where we went last week, so that's okay with me. Yes. Christine, yes. Let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Grass Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autographed memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118RASROOM. That's right, PPCC118RASROOM on Facebook. Raz, Raz, Raz. Yes. There'll be Raz, Raz, Raz in the Brian Dawkins jersey on Sunday. So somebody is going home with a B-Doc jersey from the Irish Rover Station House. And how much is that per line to uh, get a shot at the Dawkins jersey? That'll be it's going to be ten dollars per line, and basically what we're going to do is we're just going to show everybody how it's done. So we'll we'll raise it off twenty one lines to ten dollars. And last time we had Chris McCaskill uh, uh, select the, the number, and we ended up with a winner and a happy winner. That's for yep. sure. Yes, indeed. And by the way, I think so. I told you this when you were uh, starting to do the Raz Room stuff, but I never heard of the, ru- the word Raz in this context. And when I looked it up, I saw one definition for Raz being the one that, you know, I think most people know, to playfully tease someone or to make fun of them or their situation. But then there was also another slang definition for Raz, to get drunk. But your Raz Room stuff doesn't involve anybody <laughs> making fun of someone or getting drunk. Is that correct? I just want to make, make sure. That, that. that does not. However, that could happen on Sunday at the Irish <laughs> Yeah, I know, especially when there's beer available. I'm going to drink some beer, so <laughs> let's get Raz. All right. Hey, do you have a parting shot? Because I just have a couple things that we missed. Yes. Uh, here we go. Bill, the Phillies are two games out of the second wild card spot, as we discussed. But even with still 37 games left on the schedule, almost no one thinks they'll make the postseason. And I admit it, I have some serious doubts myself. So if they do get there, I'm wondering, will Gabe Kapler get any credit? I've gone back and forth in my own mind on Kapler this season, but the team has had to deal with a slew of injuries, particularly with the pitching staff, and most notably with the bullpen, where key guys like David Robertson, Adam Morgan, Pat Neshack, Tommy Hunter, 
and Sir Anthony Dominguez have all missed big chunks of the season. So, again, I ask our listeners, will the Kapler bashers give Gabe at least some credit if they do get to the postseason? And the other question, will Bill Furman give Gabe any credit? Well, uh, I don't know about the bashers, uh, but, you know, I keep telling you, I want to root for the guy. He says some of the things that I like. I like to hear said, but man, I see some stuff going on out there, and it it just makes me shake my head. And this lineup that's being thrown together every night makes me shake my head too. So uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. I, I, okay. I just don't think they have enough gas to get there. I really don't. Uh, be All surprised. Right. So what All else right, do you hey, have? What do we miss? Crap, we missed yet. Just a couple odds and ends. Uh, happy anniversary to the Chescos this week. <laughs> yes, Linda and I celebrating 24 glorious years together. Next year, the big one, number 25. There you go. Well, happy anniversary to Miss Linda, especially for uh, special <laughs> that many years of putting up with you. Yeah, she's a saint. <laughs> I know it. I know it. There you go. Rest in peace, Jack Whitaker, Hall of Fame broadcaster, mm-hmm. dies at the age of 95. He was a legend, his own self. And, Chad, I'm surprised you missed this. Happy 71st birthday yesterday to Led Zeppelin's Robert Plant. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't miss it. I just see? didn't mention it tonight. But, yeah, uh, 71. And you mentioned Jack Whitaker dying. Another Jack uh, left us also. Uh, Jack Chevalier, who wrote for the Bulletin and the Tribune, best known as the guy who gave the early 70s flyers the nickname, the Broad Street Bullies. Jack Chevalier died the other day. He was 83. Yes, he was. Good catch. All right. Anything else, Mr. Chesco, before we wrap it up? Did you see the video from yesterday? Carly Lloyd at the Eagles-Ravens joint practice kicking some field goals. She even made one from 55 yards. She knows what to do with her feet, obviously, and uh, that was pretty impressive. I meant to mention that as well. She was dropping bombs at practice. Now, the only thing I will say is she was not taking three steps. She was taking about six. Uh, Yeah. But nonetheless, that's a booming leg. That uh, Wouldn't that be something? Hey, Carly, we got an injury. Come on. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Why not? She's, a, she's an athlete. We know, one thing. we know one thing. She knows how to win. What's that? We know one thing. She knows how to win. Yes, yeah, she does. Two-time champion. Absolutely, yeah. she does. All right. Well, hey, Wrap it up, uh, Thank tonight's special guests. Steve Jones and Mike Diaz, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAids.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio Sunday, August 25th at 2 p.m. on Facebook Live from the Irish Rover Station House. You can listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or you can find our podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, and Spotify. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. (laughs) 